A reading from the book of Exodus. Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led his flock beyond the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of a bush. He looked, and the bush was blazing, yet it was not consumed. Then Moses said, I must turn aside and look at this great sight and see why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he had turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. Here I am. Then he said, come no closer, remove the sandals from your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. He said further, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings, and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. The cry of the Israelites has, come, has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppressed them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He said, I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. But Moses said to God, If I come to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. He said further, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my title for all generations. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We are on part two of our five-week series on understanding God's call for your life. And we are using our readings from Exodus to guide us in this adventure. Last week, we talked about the importance of story, both the importance of our own personal stories and the experiences we've had in our lives and where we exist in the world today. And we've talked about the importance of knowing and understanding the story of God as revealed to us in Scripture. And that how, where those two stories intersect can give us a clue and point us in the direction for what God is calling us to do with our lives. This morning, we're going to keep thinking about story a bit by focusing on one particular element of every story has. Every story there is has a problem, a conflict, a, a need that has to be dealt with and responded to. 
In every comic book or superhero movie, right, there's some foe that is doing evil in the world, and the superhero has to go and stop the foe. In every romantic comedy, there's some kind of conflict that has to be overcome in order for two people to fall in love and live happily ever after together with one another. In the story of God's actions as revealed to us in the Bible, God is also attending to a problem. God is overcoming the problem of sin that is destroying all relationships. The relationships between humanity and God, the relationships between people one with another, uh, the relationship between uh, people and creation. The Bible tells us the steps and actions that God takes to go about and defeat evil and sin, and then bring all things back into right relationship one with another. Today's key word, today's tool that will help you understand and know God's call for your life is problem. Problem. So consider our story from Exodus that we've been looking at. Last week we read about Moses being born in chapter 1. Then if we were to keep reading through Exodus and we were to read chapter 2, we would see that Moses grew up, he left Egypt, he went to Midian, he got married, he has a son, and then he got a job working for his father-in-law. Moses is all grown up and living his life. He's doing what lots of people do. In many ways, his story is a very typical story of a life. Grow up, move to a new city, get married, start a family, begin a career. It's all very familiar. As chapter 3 begins, which we read this morning, Moses is at work, it's another day at the office, or in his case, another day out in the field tending to the flocks. And Moses sees a bush that's on fire. But what's interesting in this case is that the bush is not being consumed, it's not being burnt up. It's like one of those natural gas fireplaces, right? The fire keeps going, but the logs are never consumed. They just keep existing. Moses sees this sight happening out in the wilderness, and he's curious about it, so he decides to go and investigate. And, and as he approaches, not only is this bush not being burned up, but now the bush is talking to him. There's a voice that comes out to him. And not only is there a voice speaking to him, but this voice knows his name, because it cries out and says, Moses, Moses. And Moses responds and says, yes, I'm here, it's me. And the speaker of the voice says, I'm God. I'm the God of Abraham, of Isaac, of Jacob. I'm the same God that acted on behalf of your ancestors before, and now I am here talking with you, Moses. Moses does good. He drops to the ground and he listens to see what God has to say to him. God begins to speak, and God says, look, Moses, there's a problem. The Israelites, they're living in misery. They're crying out for help. They are suffering. They are being oppressed by the Egyptians who are enslaving them and making them work hard every day in harsh conditions. Things are broken. People are not in right relationship with one another. And God says, Moses, I am going to deliver them from their oppression. Take them to a new land to live where they can flourish and enjoy life and be in good relationship. Part of us understanding our calling is understanding the problems that God cares about. 
What are the injustices that exist? Who is in need? God is calling us to engage with the physical, spiritual, emotional, psychological, intellectual, societal problems of this world. Sometimes God shows up to us in a burning bush to speak and say, hey, here's this problem, pay attention. And other times God doesn't. But one of the ways that we can discern and know what God is calling each of us to do is by answering this question. What problem am I aware of? Out of all the myriad problems that exist in this world, which ones are catching my attention? That can be the Holy Spirit tapping you on the shoulder and saying, you see this over here? You see this problem? God tapped Moses on the shoulder and says, I see the problems that the Israelites are facing. As God tells Moses, I'm going to take care of this, we don't know exactly what Moses is thinking. But I can imagine that as God tells Moses, hey, I'm going to take care of this problem, Moses is saying, yeah, that's right, God. That is a problem, and yeah, you should take care of that. You should fix that. That's not right that that's going on for these people. And I'm glad you are going to do something about it. But God's not done talking with Moses. God then says to Moses, and you, Moses, are going to be the one to solve this problem. You are going to go to Pharaoh, and you are going to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. Now, this part of the conversation sounds less good to Moses. Because he responds with saying, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? He's saying he can't be the one that's going to solve this problem. If we were to keep reading through chapter 3 and into chapter 4, we would see this long conversation between God and Moses, where Moses continually offers up reasons for why he cannot be the one to solve this problem. Moses has a long list of excuses. He says things like, well, well what if they don't listen to me? Or what if they don't believe me that I'm here to help? Or I'm not a good public speaker? And on and on and on. Moses does not want to be involved with solving this problem. He doesn't think that he can be the one to solve it. All of Moses' excuses come back to this initial response to God where Moses says, who am I? He's thinking, I'm not capable of doing this. I'm not the one to do this. I'm not gifted. I'm not available. I am not. I am not. I am not. And on and on, Moses says that. So often, this is how we respond to God, when God taps us on the shoulder and says, hey, you see this problem over here? We have our long list of reasons for why we are not the ones to answer and respond to that problem. Who, me? No, 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 no. You see, I can't. I, I don't have time. No one will listen to me. I'm not gifted. I am not. I am not. I am not just like Moses. How do we overcome those doubts that keep us from stepping forward and addressing the problems of this world? What happened with Moses? God tells Moses, I will be with you. Moses is not doing this work alone. God is not coming to Moses and then going to send him out the door with good wishes and a pat on the back and say, I'll see you in a few years. I hope it goes well. That's not what God is doing with Moses. 
God says, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. I was with them in their lives, and Moses, I will be with you in your life as well. As you go out and respond to this problem of bringing freedom to the enslaved Israelites. And the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Moses is also with you, dear Christian. The same God who acted in their lives is acting in your life and will be with you as you respond to the problems of this world. This is what we profess as Christians, that God dwells with each one of us. We are not alone. Jesus gifted us with his spirit to always be with us so that we might be God's presence in this world. And there's one more piece of encouragement that God offers to Moses on that day that's important for us to hear. Moses is busy telling God all the reasons why he is not. Moses says, I am not the one. But notice what does God say God's name is. I am who I am. Moses sees all the things that he is not. But God is letting Moses know that God has more than enough for Moses and all that he lacks. Moses, with all of his inadequacies, is supposed to tell the people that I am who I am has sent him. The source of all being and existence itself is authorizing and empowering Moses to go forward on this mission. So all the I am nots that Moses has do not matter when he has I am with him. And those are important words for us to remember as well. I am is calling you into the world to address the problems of this world and is always with you. As you notice the problems of the people around you, you are experiencing and as you begin to respond to them, know that God is with you. The problems that are in your homes, in your families, with your friends, with your coworkers, or your classmates, the people at the grocery store, wherever and whenever and with whoever you meet, the problems that you encounter, God is calling you to respond. So today know that one more tool that you have to know God's will for your life is to pay attention to the problems that are around you. And then take courage, beloved. God is with you as you respond despite whatever limitations you might have. I am who I am has everything you need.